0: Build an email list. All the gurus tell you you should be doing it, but are you? Or are you one of the people that thinks, yeah, that's great for those other businesses, but my customers would never enjoy getting emails from me? Well, my guest today, Daniel Throssel, is an email marketing whiz. He's helped one of Australia's biggest financial uh, gurus launch best-selling books, and a financial newsletter, and they've done most of it through email. In this episode, Daniel and I sat down to talk about why email is such a valuable asset, how you can use it in your business, no matter what your business is, and finally, his amazing parallel welcome email sequence. This thing is so good. It will not only make your customers love you by building a better relationship, but it'll also lead to more sales And better customers in the long run. You're gonna love this episode. I loved recording it. Daniel's a super nice guy. So go grab a cool drink, sit back, and enjoy this episode of What's the Secret Podcast. Tired of being at the mercy of your job? Tired of watching your hard work fill someone else's bank account? Want control of your time and lifestyle? Well, if you want the real secrets, the gurus won't tell you of how ordinary people, just like you and me, can create thriving businesses that deliver financial and lifestyle freedom. You're in the right place. Aloha. My name's Tom Gaddis, and welcome to What's the Secret Podcast. Aloha, and welcome to the What's the Secret Podcast. Daniel, how's it going, my man?
1: G'day, Tom. Very good to be here. I'm feeling awesome. I love it. You said the good day. I always. I like did that being in Hawaii. <laughs> I did I it deliberately. Bringing... Yeah, you said a lot, of that, so I thought I'd bring good day in there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's perfect. I love it. I love it. Well, man, I am uh, super excited to have you on the podcast. I've been looking forward to this because I kind of like uh, just tripped and fumbled my way into coming across you online, and. Uh, Daniel, for those of you listening, he has a uh, an awesome uh, daily email he sends out, and so I've been reading the email. He's got a specific strategy that I think we'll probably talk about on this episode, but like it's just been really refreshing. I've gotten a ton of value out of the stuff you shared, and so I was like, man, I got to reach out to this guy and try to get him on the podcast. And he was nice enough to not even ask me any questions and just say, yeah, I'm down, I'll do it. So. Welcome to the show and maybe you can uh, maybe you could start off just telling listeners a little bit about yourself, kind of bring them up to speed of how you got here.
1: Yeah, I, before I do that, you're, you're being very charitable to put it that way because you, I, I actually sent out an email that was like, I'd love to be on podcasts and you were like, I got a podcast. I was like, I'm down. Oh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so I am a copywriter and I... Uh, have been working at that for for a few years. I used to be an engineer, hard hat wearing electrical engineer. Um, And I worked away on a remote island for 28 days at a time, 12 hours a day. It sucked. It was so bad. (laughs) And I kind of got into copywriting. And for the last few years, I've I've worked with a guy called uh, the Barefoot Investor, who is um, kind of Australia's most well-known personal finance guy. And we've... Uh, launched a couple of best-selling books, actually helped him launch the best-selling book in Australian history and also helped him manage his uh, newsletter, his his investing newsletter for several years. And that was one of the, the biggest, most popular newsletters in Australia. So a lot of um kind of copywriting and marketing experience from that the last few years. And then just last year, I sort of moved into uh, growing my own list, which I hadn't done for a long time and uh, kind of teaching copywriters the art of copywriting and marketing, but also bringing people along the meta journey of how do you grow a business? I think kind of a very similar thing to what you're doing with this podcast, which is, you know, I teach stuff and I also like to teach people, well, how am I doing that teaching and how am I growing the teaching business and what am I doing to get more leads and so on? And that, that welcome sequence that you mentioned, parallel welcome sequence, was just one, one idea born out of that. It was, you know, how can I, how can I grow this business? And it's worked quite well so far.
0: Yeah. Well, it's a, it's a great idea. We'll dive into that in just a second. One thing, you know, I want to mention is I love having copywriters on the show and just talking to copywriters in general, because I am not a, I don't consider myself a copywriter. Like I love reading copywriting stuff. Like it really, it fascinates me. Um, I'm not interested in growing a copywriting business, but I firmly believe like whatever business you're trying to grow, copywriting is an essential skill. And like, you don't need to be an A-lister copywriter but you need to understand just some of the basics of it and the and the thought process behind it. It'll, you know, I know for me personally, it's made everything I've done in any business I've tried to go into better.
1: Yeah, because not not only, I mean, there are very few businesses for whom, you know, if you're starting out, for whom it makes sense to actually bring on a copywriter enough to write all your copy you know that that's a pretty full-on investment and bringing copywriters in for just a small amount of time especially in today's day and age where things are so focused on your personality it's really hard to just get someone to come in pay them a thousand two thousand bucks say write this page and then go away or write this email funnel you know things change so quickly you need to have your, your personality in there it just makes a lot of sense for you to know how to do it and then when you grow to the point where you're hiring a copywriter you want to be able to know that the copyright is doing a good job. You can't afford to have someone charge you $5,000, 10000 and not know whether it's good or not. So I, I, I'm completely on board with you there. And I'm not saying that bias because I don't really take client work anymore. I'm not trying to get anyone to hire me. Uh, but I do think it is really important for any business owner to have a grasp of that.
0: Yeah, I, I completely agree. Uh, one thing I did want to talk about, though, was your parallel welcome email sequence. But before we kind of dive into thoughts on that. I was just on, I was actually a guest on a podcast the other day and the guy was telling me how he's just not starting an email list, right? Like he knows it's a thing to do, but he's just not growing. He just, he just can't bring himself to do it. And uh, I think for anyone listening to this podcast, maybe like how has having an email list and like when you mentioned like I decided to grow my own business, you specifically said email list, right? Like that was the direct result. So maybe you can give listeners a little bit of your thoughts on like why that is, why, you know, and why do, why this insistence from a lot of people that
1: you should have an email list? Right. Well, I mean, a lot of businesses, their traffic nowadays, Yeah, you know, I have this with my dad's business. He's just a local bricks. Well, bricks and mortar. He's kind of a tradesman installs alarms in Perth and he didn't even have like a website going on until a couple years ago when I was like dad I'll do I'm not a website guy but I'll just go find I'm just a millennial so I'll figure it out you know WordPress template or something and hack something together because you gotta have a website you know a lot of people are getting most of their leads online they are maybe getting people google them or they're running Facebook ads or something number one there's just a huge risk in that like those guys can shut you off. They can turn down your reach. They can ban you. for. I'm not even talking political reasons. They can just have, you know, whatever arbitrary whim they come up with. They decide your industry is not something they like. Whatever. There's so many things that can go wrong. Um, I was talking to a marketing friend yesterday who told me he had a client get shut down by the FBI because it, it was a daycare center. I didn't even get into the story of what was going on there, but like maybe there was some dodgy stuff. But, you know, if a daycare center can get shut down for stuff um, and anyone can get shut down, kicked off any platform. An email list you kind of own. You you have those emails. It's like you have their their um, mailing addresses. It's kind of the uh, the equivalent of that, except it's way cheaper to send to. So to me, it's crazy for a business not to not to know how to get in touch with their customers by email because you don't have to go through anyone else. The other thing is like it's just a more personal communication medium. And when I write to my list all the time, I share a lot of personal stuff and. A lot of people have this fear like they're just annoying people. And that's because all they've ever seen is people doing marketing the wrong way. They have these transactional emails. It's like 30% off, come in for our autumn sale, blah, blah, blah. And that's not how you do email. There is a way to write emails that people are like, I want to hear from you. And if you can do that and if you can get people to want to hear from you while you're sending marketing emails, that's just like the gravy train. Uh, and, and, And that is achievable for almost any business. Uh, and and so I think when I was starting my business, I was like, of course, the email list is the natural place where I'm going to start that because every email list, I, every email I put on there, I keep, and I mean until they leave. And if I do it right, they don't want to leave. But you know that can never be taken away from me. I can't have anyone shut it down. I can't have anyone kick me off. I've just got that list, and I can keep growing it, and it just keeps getting bigger every year. So it, to me, it's just a no-brainer. To have yeah,
0: a I mean it's such a viable, valuable asset or your business or any business really. And, you know, before before someone can get, you know, before someone can uh, start getting your emails and get this amazing parallel email welcome sequence that you've come up with, which I thought, by the way, when I was going through, it was like, awesome. It was so refreshing. I was like, you know, and I also kind of had that little bit of uh, fear a few times in because I knew when I clicked the time travel remote, another email was coming. I was like, if I click this, now I know I'm gonna have to read that one and there's gonna be something else to click and then I'm gonna have to read that one and uh, so it was a little you know it was like the finger hovering above the uh, do I want to click this now or not but anyway we'll we'll get to all that in a second but any recommendations for people that may be listening to this that are like look I don't just you know I don't have any connections I'm not uh you know I'm not a big time copywriter I'm not working for you know I, I don't have those business connections how can they just start to get people on their email list any, specific tactics you know of that are just like a good basic
1: way to get going? I mean, it, this strategy is going to de- depend on, uh, in part on whether you're an online or offline business. There And there are different strategies for both. It tends to be easier for online businesses because they're generally selling like information or something. And so you, a pretty typical strategy is you have a lead magnet. You just find the most consumable and actionable thing you can give someone. And promise that you'll give them that if they opt in. You just go on your website, um, tell people that if they're going to opt into your email list, they'll get that, and it's it's pretty easy. Uh, and generally, that that's what I would do. I mean, I'd, I'd I'd have to look at a business to see how you do it, but generally, you go on your website, uh, and I would say make make the focus of all your marketing to get people on your email list because that way you can keep monetizing them forever. So when you do a you know when you do a Facebook post. Um, if I were doing, I don't use Facebook, but if I were, I'd be pushing people back to a page where they can um, opt in to get something. Or if I, if I have a promo, uh, I, I'd offer them a little discount code they can, they'll get if they opt into my email list, for example. Just give them something of value for getting on the email list and then send them good stuff. As Really, if I were boiling it down to the most basic strategy, that's how I'd put it.
0: I think that's a good place to start. I mean, I really believe a lot of entrepreneurs I know I did this for years. Like we just overcomplicate everything, right? Because you say something yeah. like that and people go, Oh, that's just it can't be that easy. Like you don't just start asking people to sign up to your email list. And it's like, yeah, yeah, that's exactly what well,
1: you- I mean. In in my case, I don't even follow that advice. I don't even have an opt-in magnet. My my entire homepage is just like here's some reasons you should join my email list. And there's nothing, there's no promise that I'm going to give you a free thing or anything. It's just get my emails. Um, And if I can do it like that, you know, it's like, I I don't think it should be too hard because if you promise something to someone for opting in, that's a much stronger reason than me. I'm deliberately doing that because I only want people who are really qualified. But if you have a lower bar, then it's way easier to get people on your email list.
0: That's awesome. This episode of What's the Secret Podcast is sponsored by Offline Sharks. Offline Sharks, where website designers, social media experts, SEO professionals can get custom software tools and training on how to quickly scale and grow their digital agencies. If you're looking to build reoccurring revenue into your agency and go from one to two clients to six figures and beyond... Offline Sharks is the place to do it. So head over to offlinesharks.com forward slash Tom and start growing your agency today. So I know I've been teasing it a few times since we've been talking. So let's talk about the parallel welcome email sequence. And uh, maybe you can sort of, well, I'll let you distill it for listeners because I know I would not do it justice
1: Okay. So th- the basic premise starts with, um, you know, most email marketers tell you to have a welcome sequence in your email list. So when someone joins and it makes sense, you don't just start sending them whatever you were going to send everyone else the next day. So if I like I, you, the analogy is just meeting someone in real life. I wouldn't just walk up to you if I've never met you Tom and be like, Oh my gosh, you should have heard what Haley said the other day to me. And you're like, who are you? First, and who's Haley and what are you talking about? Right. And I was like, oh, sorry, I should tell you. My name's Daniel and Haley's my wife, and blah, blah, blah. Okay. So you need people need some context. So that's why you have a welcome series. When someone joins your email list, generally there's this pre scheduled series of however many emails, and it kind of warms people up to you. So you're not like hitting them right away. Like if you were doing this sale. And they join your email list just before the sale. And then suddenly they get five sale emails. They're like, oh my gosh, this guy's just an email spammer. You don't want that to happen. So you have a welcome series. Most people, however, teach that these should be really drawn out. And you send it every like two to five days. I don't know, something crazy. And you should tease what's coming in the next email. And this is like standard practice. And I just thought like, that's dumb. Because if I read an email from someone and they're like, and I'm going to show you X, you know, like for me, I'm, like, I'm going to show you how to make your copy stand out from all your competitors. That's coming in the next email. Then if I just leave people hanging, they're like, well, what the heck, right? And I was like, well, what if I just let them read it now? So I started, I came up with this idea called the time travel remote. I mean, it's not original with me. I just called it that. And the idea was that if you press this button, it was like tapping a time travel remote that zapped you forward in time to receive the next email. So it sends it to you. Immediately. And that way, like a lot of other people in their dumb normal welcome series, they're like, tune in next time for my tip on X. And then five days later, the person's totally forgotten who you were. And you're like, hey, I'm here with that tip I promised you. And they're like, they don't even open the email because they're like, who was who was that Tom Gaddis guy again? Like, I don't even remember why I joined his email list. So they don't even read the email. Whereas this way, people are clicking right when they want it. They're gonna get the email right when they want it. The other thing I did is when you click that link you have to go to a web page because it's got to go somewhere. So I was like, well, what if I rewrite that web page? And the idea is then you click a link in an email, like you say, you go to a web page and it automatically sends another email to you at that instant. And you can keep doing that as long as you want. And it kind of makes emails like this binge worthy thing, like Netflix. I have people all the time. They join my email list. There's like 15 emails in that welcome sequence. And they sit there for two hours, just going click, click, click and reading the entire thing. And they email me and I've had guys, they're like, it's 4 a.m. And I've literally been reading your emails since midnight. What what have you done to me? And so it's a, it's a very fun way to tr- trying to get people engaged. Uh, for me, I like to tell all these crazy stories and stuff, but everyone looks at that and they're like, well, I don't want to do that. And I'm like, well, you don't have to. The idea really was just to, to tell, to give people something that's interesting to them. And so, you know, if, if you are, you just need to think about who are your customers, what do they find interesting and, and how can you give that to them? And I have like so many ideas for how other businesses could, could do that. But I don't know if you like, a, if you had anything you want to dig into on what I've just said so far already. Let me think about that. So
0: like, let okay. So let's say that, um, Hmm. Now
1: you put me on the spot to come up with a niche. Oh no, that's fine. Any kind of business? Yeah, well, no, it's fine. So like I have a lot of people and I have all these crazy stories. You click a link to get the next email. And so what I do is generally the emails are, they're like quite valuable. So my first email is like, um, here's how to tell stories. And then the next email is here's 20 rules for writing, uh, an email sequence and then the next email is like basically it's about how to sound original so these are all valuable things for my market which is copywriters On the in between web pages when you click the link i've just got these ridiculous stories where it's like you're running away away from giant lions and traveling into the future and fighting with guns and all this crazy crap and some people are like that's way too full-on it's so unprofessional my people would never like that i'm like fine do something like special discount codes. So I have a, a student I was coaching. She has a pain clinic, right? She um They treat people with chronic pain. And so the emails are tips on how to reduce your pain, just very valuable stuff. The important thing is if people don't click the link, if they don't say, I want the next email right now, they still get it normally a day later. So if they don't click, they can just get the emails as normal. It's all these valuable tips about here's how to minimize your pain. Here You know, here's another way to minimize your pain, so on. If they click they got these stories that was like um t- talking about the backstory of the guy who was running the clinic and it's like how he broke his back uh in a paraglider accident and the journey he went through with chronic pain and it was sort of more of a story-based approach and i also told her put little sales pitches in for your courses because people who click are really engaged so Another way to do this, rather than just telling stories, is have like mini sales pages. In fact, I do this and it's something I'm going to go back and do is that people who click through on the stories, they get a little bonus discount code, like I hide little Easter eggs in there. And so you say, hey, since you're reading this, you're clearly interested, I'm going to give you a special $50 discount on this course that the people who didn't click aren't going to get. So number one, you're rewarding them. Number two, like you're making more sales. And number three, you're training them to click stuff you send them in future because they're like, oh, it's probably worth doing that. So that's, that's entirely another way you could do it. And honestly, for most people, that's what I recommend. I put little sales pages in between and just sell them products, offer them discounts, offer them great deals or special things that most people don't get because they're your most engaged people, they're your most engaged readers and they're probably gonna be good customers.
0: And that is such a brilliant idea like having those little Easter eggs and that people love that kind of stuff. Like, and I mean, it just makes them feel special. Right. And I liked how even using those pages to give more of the backstory, talk more about maybe why you started the business, things that maybe you don't, you know, would just kind of clutter up the email, but you can get them out on those pages. I guess you could also like, you could also, when they click those links and go to those pages, they could be
1: like case studies and client testimonials. Right. Exactly the the point to me is you can use it for anything that you would want the most engaged people to see because the people who click a link in your email normally you're going to have 10 to 50 percent of people are going to click a link depending on how engaged your your readers are 10 to 50 percent of people who open an email will click the link in there so you think they're the most engaged people. They're probably the most likely to buy what you sell. Like if you're, if you're selling something that solves a problem, if you're selling marketing services that gets them more leads, if you're selling pain relief that cures the pain, if you're selling dog training that stops their dog barking, these are the people with the problem. These are the people who need leads. These are the people in pain. These are people who have a barking dog. They're most likely to be clicking. They're most likely to be reading. So what would you tell them? Be like, here's an extra tip for you. Hey, you must be desperate. Here is a special offer for you. Here is a a story, which is is really funny, which I don't tell everyone, but I'm just going to tell you, right? Something that's just going to bond them to you. And it just makes you more of a person to them or you can make them a special offer that's going to help them. It's just a way of... Today, the way I like to put it is we are in a war for attention. As marketers, we're in a war for attention. And whoever can hold the most attention is going to win. And this is just a great way of holding people's attention for longer, because not only are you getting them to click to receive another email that's now sitting there in their inbox. The next time they go to their inbox, your email is sitting there waiting for them. You know that, but also you have them on another web page, and you can get them to read more of your stuff. So if you are skillful enough with that, you could, you know, the world's your oyster. Um, and obviously, I'm not saying do that in, a, in an evil way, but most of us marketers know that we're doing the right thing. We're trying to solve problems for people. So this is another opportunity for you to do that for someone.
0: Man, I think that is such a great strategy. I mean, that is really awesome. It takes it even to a, a whole nother level. Like I loved your stories on your pages and stuff, but I had that same thought like, uh, you know, I don't know if I could do that. And And, but what you laid out there is like, I mean, that's really, really good. So a question for you in terms of email, what do you think... So I know we talk, you talked a little bit about kind of like the general consensus, the normal way people do email. What do you think is the biggest, um, the biggest thing most people are missing when it comes to email and email marketing?
1: That is to put more of themselves into the emails and to not be afraid to be an actual person. That's the number one thing that ruins most people's emails is they try and put on their professional voice. They try and be formal. They try and be stiff. What people don't realize is like everyone's like you. Do you like reading the marketing emails? Do you like reading the memos from the CEO that you get at work? Do you like reading boring announcements? Or do you secretly love scrolling Facebook and reading what your friends are up to and wasting time on Instagram and clickbait videos on YouTube? What do you click, right? And most people are like, oh, well, that's just me. But everyone else wants to just, they just want to hear the the business stuff it's like no they don't they want to hear about you they want you to build a relationship with them and so one thing that I am really big on I do this in all my emails is it's a very common copywriting adage which is use less words you know be tight cut out unnecessary copy it's like copywriting 101 and I'm like well I don't agree with that I deliberately bloat emails with dumb jokes and offhand comments and stories about what I did that morning. If the email is about something totally different, I will spend the first half of the email saying, last night I went out for sushi with uh, Haley and the kids. And like, you'll never believe it. Like Eli dropped his sushi and then he was screaming. And then the waitress had to come over and be like, is everything okay, man? And I'll just tell this story that has nothing to do with what I'm writing about. And people are like, oh no, my customers don't want to hear that. Eventually, if you do this, from the start and you show them that you're a person, they get to know you and they love that more. There are some people who will be like, oh, I don't care about that stuff, but they're not good customers anyway. You want the people who are gonna be like, I like you as a person, I wanna know you, I trust you, and I'm gonna buy whatever you sell me because I like you. They're the kind of customers I wanna build. They're the kind of customers I think anyone should be seeking to attract. And the way you do that is by being not afraid to put more, not less, more of your personality, of your anecdotes, of your stories, of your life into your email. So people feel like they are be hearing from a friend. That's kind of cliche. Everyone says it, but no one actually does it. And that's something that I really try and do in my emails.
0: Well, I think you do a great job of that in your emails. And uh, speaking of your emails, maybe you could tell listeners where they could go to sign up to your list and see this this, uh, awesome and alluring parallel welcome email sequence.
1: Yeah, absolutely. If you go to persuasivepage.com, Uh, you can sign up for my emails. There's also linked there a a post which breaks down the entire sequence, persuasivepage.com. You can just read about um, my analysis of the sequence and how it works and kind of some ideas on how to set it up for yourself because I absolutely agree. No, No one should do what I do unless it's their personality. And... I'm trying to turn off people who are really serious and real fuddy-duddies and they're like, I don't appreciate jokes about giant sharks trying to bite my arm off. You know, it's, it's ridiculous. It is. I have to warn anyone who wants to go sign up. Those stories are stupid. Um, but that's what I find funny and my ideal readers find it funny. And so it's just, it's a business I love to work in for that reason. I don't have to hide who I am when I write an email. It's more fun for me. It's more fun for my readers. And I just think, Everyone should be writing emails that way.
0: Yeah, well, listen, I encourage all the listeners listening to this right now to head over, sign up to Daniel's list because you will definitely enjoy it. And I think it's a first-rate lesson in how to do email marketing and especially a welcome sequence in a unique and and amazing way, something that I hadn't seen before and uh, really got me fired up to have you on the show. If you guys enjoyed this interview, by the way, with me and Daniel, we would appreciate it if you would go to wherever you listen to this podcast and leave us a great review. And Daniel, thanks so much for taking the time. I know it's early in the morning over there in Perth, but I appreciate you coming and uh, and hanging out with the listeners. And if you guys want the link, I'll have that on the show notes page as well. You can find that at TomGaddis.com on this episode. Thanks again for listening today. Stay safe out there, everybody, and aloha.